Welcome to the Brazil Institute podcast, a production of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars, the world number one think tank for regional studies. I am your host, Bruna Santos, the director of the Brazil Institute. For many years, multiple Brazilian presidents have tried to enact a tax reform, but unfortunately, these attempts have often been overpowered. So to pass that, these days, there's been substantial agreement across political groups in Brazil. Lula's government had to work with Congress to bring support from left, center, and even some members of former President Bolsonaro's party, Lula's great arrival. A tax reform in Brazil is long-awaited and a truly significant development. The reform that has passed in Congress right now aims to simplify taxes, combat uh, tax evasion, increase tax revenues, and establish a more progressive framework. According to the World Bank, it takes on average 1,500 hours per year to comply with Brazilian tax laws. The Brazilian tax system is complex, bureaucratic, and with distortions that increase business costs. To gain a deeper understanding on where this proposed reform currently stands, we have here with us today a very special guest. I'm joined by Vanessa Canado, who is a lawyer. She is the director of the Tax Research Center at INSPIR, and she actually drafted the constitutional amendment bill uh, that's currently be discussed, being discussed, where she worked with uh, Bernarda P., who is the currently uh, government leader of this tax reform, working with the Ministry of, Fi Minister of Finance in Brazil. So we are very grateful, uh, Vanessa, for your great work drafting this bill, because this is an, a, fantastic, a fantastic development for Brazilians and everyone who cares about uh, overcoming um, Brazil's uh, stagnation, economic stagnation. So, Vanessa, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be with you. Uh, to kick off this conversation, I want to ask you a very simple question. Why should a businessman, a businesswoman in the U.S. care about the tax reform in Brazil? So uh, I can see two groups of people interested, uh, business people interested in this tax reform. First, it's important to say that it's a tax reform only uh, uh, about the consumption taxes. So we don't, we still don't have any change on a corporate income tax. So it's just a consumption tax reform. It's focused on consumption taxes. And so uh, I think there are two groups of uh, business that are interested in this reform. There are business that uh, are in Brazil currently just because of tax incentives, especially state tax incentives due to our uh, VAT, due to the design of our current VAT, which is a tax charged uh, at the origin. Uh, which means it is charged depending on uh, where your production is. And so many states give grant tax incentives to many uh, companies just to be there. And so these kind of companies will, uh, uh, they won't have these kind of tax incentives anymore because of the design of the VAT, which is linked to the destination principle. Um, and we 
can see new business, new investments coming because, as you mentioned in the beginning, the current system is very, very complicated. You spend so much money on compliance, litigation, and it's not going to be necessary anymore because the, uh, the future system, they will be like a European VAT. So it, it, maybe this comparison is useful to new investors. Uh, uh, our tax system, our consumption tax system, will be similar to the European uh, consumption tax system. So it's much easier to understand, to comply with, and so less litigation to deal with. Can I ask you, like, I imagine it might be complicated to convince uh, the um, state-level governors and officials to agree with that. How hard was that and how the federal government managed to negotiate with them? It required a lot of money from the federal government to the states. This is the real uh, uh, situation. We just talked about money. It was not a political effort. Uh, uh, actually, it was uh, a lot of money that was will be released by the federal government by the federal government to the states. So there will uh, we will have two funds: one for regional development. Uh, it will receive uh, 40 billion reais per year. It almost, uh, we are talking about uh, almost 10 billion uh, dollars per year. This fund will be managed just by the states and for uh, different measures linked to uh, regional development. And we will have another fund just to compensate these companies that have tax incentives until 2032. So we have this. We will have just these two funds. One uh, is forever, uh, just for uh, re regional development, and we will have another fund uh, until 2032 to compensate companies that will lose uh, the tax benefit with the new VAT design. Looking at the, the the political process right now to approve the tax reform, so I understand that uh, the bill passed in Congress, uh, in the lower house, and now is going to be voted in the Senate. Two questions. What were the changes that happened in Congress related to what uh, was proposed from the executive branch? And second, what do you foresee as key points of contention in the negotiations with the Senate? Oh, I think the changes that we saw at the lower house they were expected because it will it, it the, the exceptions are the same that we have um, around the world. So uh, they uh, put just lower rates to food, health, education, arts, culture, entertainment. So it's like an Europe. Uh, VAT, as I said in the beginning, so you have many exceptions, many uh, groups, many uh, kind of services and um, and some goods that will uh, be undertaxed. And this, uh, this was the main change that the House of uh, the Lower House made. In the Senate, what we expect is just remain with uh, the same exceptions that we had at the lower house. So 
what we are trying to uh, avoid is broad exceptions because um, as many exceptions you have, a narrow base you um, you see, and a narrow base means that you have a standard rate which is high. So uh, when you have a broad base, you have a low rate. When you have a narrow base, you have a higher rate. So as many exceptions you have, uh, it's worse for uh, other people, other goods and services that are not exact in the exception. So this, I think it's the main um, issue when we talk about consumption tax reform, the exceptions. Of course, we have uh, some details um, uh, related to the coordination between the states just to manage the state VAT, but I think it's, it's not relevant. I think... Um, Considering the private sector view, the main issue uh, is how high will be the rate if you have more exceptions approved by the Senate. And, of course, you know that uh, politics is always uh, granting benefits, not removing benefits. So uh, the main concern at the Senate is how to uh, uh, contain, how to uh, uh, remain uh, uh, um, just with the exceptions we have um, now approved by the lower house. When do you estimate the the Senate to vote? What is your prediction? The president of the Senate, he said in two months. So we expect in September it will be approved or not. September, okay. And another question on implementation. So after that, how long, for how long uh, can a Brazilian wait, expect to be like uh, already with a new tax system? What is the timeline for implementation? The new system is going to start in 2026. So we still have uh, two years and a half to see the new system coming up. And but the transition between the old taxes and the new tax, uh, they are uh, it is gonna um, uh, be run. It's gonna um, last until twenty thirty two. So the new system, just the new system without the old taxes, uh, it's going to be uh, perfectly implemented only in twenty thirty three. So in 2033, we will have a new tax system related to consumption taxes in Brazil. Okay. Clearly, as a Brazilian, I can't wait for that. <laughs> so <laughs> talking about uh, tax evasion, I remember seeing uh, an estimate saying in 2020 that Brazil lost uh, $560 billion reais due to illicit practices relating to tax evasion. That's impressive. So how does the prospect, uh, the proposed tax reform address this issue of tax evasion and what are the measures being considered to ensure greater compliance on that? Oh, uh, the complex system, uh, it drives tax evasion because you have so many rules and you have so many uh, different uh, uh, regimes to be a part of. And, and so it is, it is not, I think the tax evasion should be 
the rule. Uh, and now with a simple system, you also can count on uh, more audits from the tax administrations. So you have uh, a simple system that you can check uh, in a more um, effective way if uh, companies are paying the right tax or not. And of course, you have uh, the VAT design. You have that mechanism that the debit from a company is a credit for another company. And this mechanism, which is part of the VAT design, it enforces for itself uh, uh, the VAT payment. So you will have tax evasion only at the last chain uh, uh, of the production chain. So you only can avoid a VAT at the last step, uh, as you as maybe you do in US with a sales tax, retail sales tax. So you can evade a VAT uh, only at the last uh, uh, step, which is very uh, different uh, from what we have now. That you don't have this design uh, which enforces the the tax for itself. Well, another uh, question I want to ask you is, well, in your opinion, what are the potential implications of the tax reform on overall economic growth in Brazil? How you foresee that impact and when you foresee that impact coming? The VAT is the best tax when you talk about efficiency and productivity increase. So what we expect uh, having, a v having a VAT in Brazil is to increase productivity due to the uh, efficiency process and so increase GDP. Because what we have currently is the opposite. We don't uh, have efficiency uh, uh, in terms of uh, economic efficiency. What we have is just um, that companies that uh, move around the country just to have tax incentives, which is the opposite of increasing efficiency and productivity and so the GDP. So I think the, the main uh, promise of this reform is to increase efficiency and not uh, uh, tax benefits uh, uh, from a company view. And so uh, uh, increasing productivity um, is to have, uh, it, it means that we will have an increase, uh, sustainable increase on GDP. That's what we expect. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always impressive to me when I see at the data uh, how low is our productivity per worker and how stagnant it has been in Brazil. And without the demographic bonus anymore, um, it, yeah, we definitely also have to invest in infrastructure, in education and have a plan to that. So, But that's a great achievement. Uh, and I want to hear your final remarks about what's next for this tax reform, if you're optimist or not regarding that in the Senate, so... Oh, even if, the, even, in, even if we have more exceptions in the Senate, what I can see is that the main uh, aspects of VET, they are able to uh, uh, redesign our consumption tax system despite of having more or less exceptions. The, the, the more or less exceptions it is linked to the uh, rate, uh, how high the rate will be. But if you keep the destination principle, 
the credit, the input tax credit mechanism and a broad base, which means in Brazil, you don't have differences between goods and services as, as we have now. If you keep these three uh, characteristics, I can see that we will have a very, very good system despite of having many exceptions as you have in other countries that uh, have old VATs. And so I think that uh, uh, the, the process in the Senate, uh, they won't um, uh, um, damage these main features that are uh, the features that will increase efficiency and productivity and so do GDP. That's my view. So, Vanessa, one thing you talked a lot about is about, okay, how it will impact economic progress in Brazil. What about the social side of it? How this tax reform will change Brazil's inequality and possibly like put us in a path towards equality, towards a better income distribution and so forth? How you see that? It's interesting because when you talk about uh, VAT, we talk about the regressive taxation because a consumption, uh, it's a consumption tax. But the fact is that our system currently is so bad that the poor people uh, pay more taxes despite of all these uh, uh, low rates and exemptions for food, etc., etc. The system is so bad that even with so many exceptions, uh, currently the, 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 the tax system in Brazil, uh, the poor uh, uh, people pay more than the rich. We expect with this tax reform, the opposite, we will gain efficiency and in comparison with the current tax system, we will also have poor people paying less taxes than the rich people, despite of talking about a regressive uh, system. We will have a zero rate for food, which is the main item that is consumed by uh, uh, the poor people, poor people. And we will also have uh, we will have a provision in, in this sense. We will have like a cashback. We will have money that will be uh, released to poor people with, with respect uh, to the consumption taxes they paid uh, uh, um, to buy services or goods. Uh, if it, it, it won't matter what they are buying. They will have... Uh, um, they will have the VAT back. So it's a very good, very modern system to, uh, um, to reduce the regressivity of the VAT due uh, to um, the consumption design that it has. Can you just explain to someone who doesn't follow like Congress politics in Brazil how the government managed to finally get it done politically in Congress I mean, 30 years we've been trying it, uh, tax reform, and it's been always like overpowered, especially due to political, for political reasons. So what is your assessment on that? It, it is more related to the, the last uh, uh, tries that with the political effort that we have now. I think the, the maturity of the subject um, was decisive to approve the tax reform. So uh, um, nobody could say that, uh, oh, no, we, we don't need a tax reform or uh, let it 
just uh, uh, discuss a little bit more. It was not acceptable anymore. So uh, it was ready to vote in terms of uh, acceptance from the society, the private sector, the political sector, especially the Congress. So they were working so hard, uh, uh, the Congress especially, um, on this subject that it was just ready to vote. The political effort, uh, uh, it was not so uh, uh, important uh, as it would be in the past. Uh, was it, what I can see from the executive power, it's, uh, it was the money that was more important than the political effort. I can see the political effort coming more from the Congress than, than from the executive this time. Thank you for that. And I hope that the consensus of other structural reforms uh, in Brazil doesn't take as long as this one. But indeed, if this is this is a major development and once approved in the Senate and implemented successfully, will be a great legacy of this government and to Brazilians. So I want to thank you again, um, Vanessa, for being here with us. It is such a, a great pleasure to be here with someone who drafted the Constitutional Amendment Bill and who has played such an important role in designing it. So we are grateful for your presence and for your work. Thank you so much. To learn more, visit our website, www.wilsoncenter.org Brazil. Until next time, thanks for listening.